to StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your YouTube blog and startup podcast from Germany in English. Today I'm in the office of a fintech here in lovely Frankfurt and it's the first fintech ever to IPO in Germany. And I do have the COO here with me. Hello, welcome. Hi, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Would you briefly introduce yourself to all viewers? Yes, sure. So my name is Daniel Bartsch. Um, I'm a, a founding partner of Credit Shelf and a member of the executive board. I uh, look after the client side of our business as well as the daily operations of our lending operations. And you are a fintech. But before that, um, you have some experience before. I did... Um, a little bit stalking and found you've been not only a former banker, but also a former consultant. How did it help you? Yeah, so absolutely. I think in my prior life, uh, actually, this is my third career here with Credit Shelf. <laughs> in my prior life, uh, I was working as a management consultant. Um, that's, a, that's basically where I started off my career. Initially, I, uh, my, my aspiration was to get a broader sense of the economy. And therefore, working as a consultant obviously is extremely helpful because you get insights um, across different industries in a, various, in a very short time frame. Um, I then basically focused more on, on, on financial services and banking. Uh, and that was how I got into investment banking. That was uh, actually uh, right at the time when the financial crisis uh, hit uh, the, the, the industry. Uh, so it was a rather shaky time um, when, when I joined uh, investment banking. Oh, I, I know that at this time I was just joining management consulting. Interesting times, yeah. Hmm. Uh, absolutely, and um, yeah, during during my uh, during my career in banking, um, which which I spent uh, roughly nine years uh, or so, uh, what we discovered, my my founding partners and myself were all ex bankers. I mean, we discovered that there is actually because of the financial crisis and because of the change of the regulatory landscape, uh, there is a, a, a tremendous shift um, in, in what banks actually do focus on and do concentrate on. And that is to the detriment of, of small and medium-sized businesses, actually. That's, that's a, a tendency that we have seen uh, not only in, in, in Europe, we've, we've seen that in, um, in the Anglo-Saxon world, but also in Europe, where there has been a huge credit gap that has uh, built up as a result of, of the financial crisis when banks basically shifted away from lending to small and medium-sized businesses. And that was the, the driving force for us uh, to, to actually launch Credit Shelf. And we may add that this is a pretty bad situation for the German economy, just because we have a lot of small and medium enterprises and they are heavily relying on credit financing by banks. That's absolutely correct. Uh, the, the German economy obviously is backboned by the so-called Mittelstand, uh, small and medium-sized companies uh, that are really sitting in the regions and, 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 and they do uh, very, very good businesses. They're, uh, they're really market leaders in their various niches and, and really very solid businesses. And however, even though in Germany you have a lot of banks, what we see is that there is a lack of bank funding. Banks do shy away from lending to certain businesses, particularly when it comes to lending on an unsecured basis, um, which is very important for some of the business because they they just don't have physical collateral in the way it used to be in the past when when the economy was much more uh, industrialized. Today we talk about uh, technology, we talk about digital companies where you have less physical assets and therefore physical collateral, uh, which banks obviously 
try and lend against is is much less available uh, to some to some of the businesses and that's why we see um a, a a gap in the market and i can quantify that gap as well what we have seen over the past 12 years um actually really shortly before the financial crisis and then predominantly after the financial crisis is that the german gdp has since grown by 40 percent but on the flip side the total lending amount the total nominal lending amount to sme smes has actually stayed flat so it just shows you that there is a tremendous shift from uh, away from bank credit which is less less available to those businesses and they have obviously had to use um replacements predominantly equity but also other sorts of alternative financing and and that is why platforms like ourselves uh, are are very vital uh, to those businesses and basically me allowing them to grow to the next level we may also add that some of the rules that are changing this game are basically from the bank side and they have regulation that they need put more and more equity behind risky credits and so all smes considered risky by a bank internally they they are not more uh, profitable to lend at the current rates so therefore the smes have to look around that's correct. There's two driving forces behind that uh, impacting the economics from a bank perspective when they lend to SMEs. So one is, as you've correctly identified, is the capital underpinning, um, which is very expensive, particularly when you lend on an unsecured basis against a smaller type company, which usually is also not a top rated um, sort of um, credit. And then on the other side, you look at process costs and what we find in in the banking space, and that's really throughout uh, the different geographies, that's not just a phenomena that's valid for, for Germany or for France. It's basically, if you look throughout the landscape, you find that banks are using very old style manual analogous processes, and they're not using digital data. They're not they're not using automized processes and they're absolutely not efficient when it comes to when it comes to their credit processes and that of course makes it very difficult if you lend smaller tickets um of course the profit margin if, if you lend a small ticket is smaller than if you go into the the large ticket lending and that is why these process costs matter for banks as well and that's why some of the some of those banks we we see them shy away actually from that from that market and you come and play and how do you actually do that how does uh your credit shelf work yeah so credit shelf at the essence is a is an sme lending platform um it's it's based on a marketplace model that means on one side we have borrowers uh, that we source through various different channels that come and find us um, and on the other side, we have a network of uh, professional institutional investors who are actually very interested in that asset class because it provides very attractive uh, yield reward characteristics to those institutional investors, particularly in the current interest rate environment, which is obviously characterized by very low yield. And on the other side, um, basically, you see that all other public assets are, are trading at very high levels. And that's that, that makes the private debt um, segment very attractive and in particular when it comes through an automated origination engine uh, it's it's a very uh, pr uh, very very attractive uh, value proposition to an investor so the way we work is that our credit process is is highly 
uh, automized. Um, we we use proprietary algorithms um, to 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 quantify and qualify um, applications that come in through our website, that come in through business partners, um, and basically filter them out right at the beginning, so that we can, in a later stage of the process, that we can focus on the credits that we think are attractive um, in the first place. And that is a lot. A lot of that. What 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 we actually do in the day to day is is refining the algorithm, making sure that we get access to raw data. Uh, every business at the essence the information that they have in their accounting systems is is digital the problem is that the moment you they create an annual report and they print that annual report and somebody obviously has a physical copy of that annual report and starts to distribute that it's very difficult to basically bring that back into the digital state right and that's why in our process we rely on having access to digital data as well as to, um, I would say, scanned copies, of course, in certain instances. But what we try and do is we try and get access to the raw data, okay, to the numbers behind those annual reports. And then we have them in our system. We can basically um, work with instantaneous analysis. And I was just thinking not everybody out there understands what origination means. Could you just elaborate just a tiny bit on that yeah sure so when we speak about origination we're actually talking about the concept of on one side sourcing a client sourcing a borrower i.e. A, a, a company that wants to borrow money um, um, through the credit market uh, which here is our platform and on the other side origination also means actually extending credit uh, to that um, to that company so when we originate a loan that means on the other side as as let's say as a flow of business there's actually money flowing to that business we technically are we're not a bank we we don't have a banking license that means we are actually just a a broker if 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 you want to call it that way from a legal perspective however the value chain that we cover is the entire credit value chain the the german the german rec uh, regulation is very strict uh, you you have to have a banking license if you want to extend loans to, to, to individuals or to businesses. That is why we have essentially outsourced that small piece of the value chain, which is essentially extending the loan to the business. And here we use a partnering bank that helps us bring the money out to the client. Essentially what the partnering bank does is they extend the loan to the borrower and then in the same second, um, our um, special purpose vehicle purchases that loan and then sells it to the underlying investors. So that's the concept that we have to put it, had to put in place to be uh, regulatory compliant uh, when we talk about originating the loans. That is a pretty cool business model. Um, in the back of my mind, there have been tingling two startups that do similar things. One of them is Funding Circle, may or may not be one of your direct competitors, as well as Landing Club in the US. Disclaimer, I hold a small stake in it, but the shares didn't perform too well recently. Can you just show a little bit the difference? Between yes. you and them? Yes, sure. Uh, so both Lending Club and Funding Circle are, are using our marketplace lending model, uh, which is the same model that we actually use. That means they typically don't take um, principal risk when, when, when they facilitate lending transactions to their clients because the ultimate risk actually sits with the various investors uh, that are purchasing those loans. 
Um, I think there are a number of differences when it comes to uh, Lending Club and, and also Funding Circle. Um, probably Funding Circle is closer to what we do because they, they also lend to SMEs, um, whereas Lending Club is, is a consumer lending platform, essentially. Um, Funding Circle is, um, is an SME lending platform. Uh, they're probably um, the biggest uh, at the moment in, in Europe. Um, they are also lending to German SMEs, by the way. So they have they have uh, they have a presence here in the German market. Um, they are not really a, a, a competitor to us because the segment that Funding Circle are actually targeting is the smaller segment. So it's more um, it's more the smaller type businesses, um, um, typically um, smaller type companies or, or professional individ individuals. Um, that seek um, smaller tickets of loans. So to, to put things into comparison, uh, Funding Circle's loans, I believe, are starting somewhere around 10, 20,000 euros, and they go up to potentially 200,000 euros or so. Our loans at Credit Shelf, they start at 100,000 and go up to 5 million. Uh, so our companies are, are probably significantly larger, um, so more established Mittelstand companies. Um, what we do is we, we really look, we need to have um, substance in, in, in the businesses that we need basically for our analysis. So if you compare our credit process to, to Funding Circle, probably Funding Circle are uh, the individual behind the businesses is very important to them because these are small businesses and a lot of the credit worthiness of that business relies with the individual. Therefore, the, the, the scoring model that they use is what we would probably refer to as a consumer plus scoring. So essentially look at the consumer, they look at the, the individual behind the business, they score that individual and then they do, uh, they of course do also score the business, but essentially the credit worthiness is with the individual. In our world, the credit worthiness actually is with the company. The individual behind matters. It's very important to understand that the individual is, is a clean person, that, that they're not involved in any dubious activities and, and that they have their personal financial situation, that they have that well established and that it is clean. But the, on the flip side, really the, the essence of the analysis that we apply is the company and the ability of the company to repay the loan um, out of its cash flow and operations. And then, of course, you still look at the individuals behind, but it, to, for us, it matters much less than if you have a very, very small, say, five or six people business where, of course, a lot of that business substance sits with the owner. Mm -hmm. That is very interesting for everybody who speaks German. We will try to link the interview with your former CTO as well as Sendesk, which was then bought by Funding Circle and established a presence here in Germany. And um, I just now wanted to touch on how it was for you, especially the process of getting to an IPO because you are not only the first fintech ever to be listed in Frankfurt, you're right now the only one to be listed in Germany. Yes, uh, that's correct. Um, our IPO has been the first pure play fintech IPO in Germany. Um, and we're, we're, of course, a little bit proud about that, to be honest. Um, what, what was the driving factor behind that? I think from our perspective, um, and that's the reason why we chose to go into the prime standard of, of Frankfurt Stock Exchange is to become more transparent and also to get a bit of a stamp uh, of, 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 of confidence and, 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 
and uh, and reliability uh, towards uh, partners that we work with in the day-to-day business, institutional partners predominantly, be it on the uh, investor side or be it um, when it comes to multiplying our business. And here we particularly use bank corporations as a channel for future clients that come to Credit Shelf and receive loans through our process. Here we what we see is it's very important to those institutional partners to have a credible counterpart, a counterpart that they get that they have trust in and that they believe it will be around the corner in a couple of years time as well. And that was the reason why we essentially uh, went public to give them a signal saying, look guys, uh, we're here for for good. And uh, and on the other side, we we have the financial resources, you know, to build our business. Uh, we we could have probably received um, the the funds through private channels as well. Uh, would would have probably been um, uh, slightly less less costly as well. Um, but on the other side, as I've said, um, being public is a benefit of itself. It means that in our case, we of course publish on a quarterly basis. Uh, we 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 provide a lot of transparency um, to to stakeholders around us uh, that want to do business with us, and that's very important. And also, lastly, uh, not least, certainly, uh, is the fact of 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 um, you know motivating uh, the staff and and the employees uh, and literally what you have when you're a public company of course you have a you have some sort of a currency that you can also use in in remuneration and that's also very important for us because labor market is very tight and we need to attract uh you know the best talent in the market and and therefore and that that sets us that sets us ahead uh, of some of the competition in the labor market well, that was most of the stuff I want to know from you. Just to tease you a little bit, there's one question I like to ask my interview partners um, before we close the interview. And here it comes. If your life would be either the title of a movie or of a book or a combination of both, what would it be and why? Yeah, I think... Uh... <laughs> I, I in my in my spare time I, I actually like to read books if I if I ever find the time to do so. Uh, on the flip side, I think in, in this day and age, you know, movies and 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 pictures uh, that are actually moving, i.e., a movie, um, is, is is very is very attractive. So I think you know with 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 I I I think you can probably bring over much more impressions uh, in a movie. I think the book relies more on the fantasy and activating, you know, everyone's brain to think about and illusionize or visualize essentially what's going on in the book. I personally think I would go for the movie. Which movie? Which title? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) That's certainly, that's certainly, that's certainly a good, a good teaser. Um, If it, if it would, uh, depict my my life um i think uh it would be something like you know um from ground going to the next level you know going further a- a- against all boundaries uh, you know because that's what you face in 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 real life as well as in business life you face a lot of boundaries and barriers and uh, and 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 you you should just never stop. You, you you need to manage. You need to manage around them. You need to manage to find your way around them and overcome these. And I think that's also what describes Credit Shelf at the heart. Uh, when we started this business four years ago, literally there have been so many barriers, and it's just you need to just 
you, you never give up. You need to just make sure that you come across them and over them. And, and, and that's how you go on. And if somebody's out there who wants to get listed like yesterday, what was your best top recommendation for them be? I, I, th I think from, from our perspective, um, make sure you bring a lot of time because this, this doesn't just happen in, in one or two days and, and make sure, um, I think make, make sure you get the lawyers in place. Um, that, that's one of the findings. I think when I look back at our process, literally, I think at some point, um, there, there have been more than 40 people, uh, uh, in, involved in that project, predominantly, of course, external people, uh, and predominantly lawyers. And, um, And it's just just amazing um, uh, to me as a business person uh, to see you know how much legal resource is actually required <laughs> to to complete such process and um, yeah and that that's something that you should certainly have and, and focus. Just out of curiosity, my last question: How long did take the did the process take from like we want to IPO till ding 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 we're here? I think the uh, so we listed late July of 2018. Um, I think the idea of of IPO in the business um, first time I think we were really seriously thinking about that was um, probably you know sometime Q, beginning of Q4 of last year. Um, so, so sometime in October we really started you know thinking about this uh, as a serious. Um, potential avenue uh, for us to to grow the business and bring it to the next level. Uh, so I think it's probably fair to say, um, you know, some like six to nine months is is a is a is a is probably a process that you need at, at the minimum. I would say because <laughs> I, I I mean the project team they were these were really, I mean it's just it's just I was mind blowing the amount of time and effort that went into it, and I I don't think that you can ever really actually do it in, in given the say the size of the business we are uh, with the limited resource we have as a startup essentially i think going for less than six months is ultra aggressive so basically the same time as for a baby yes yes, yes. <laughs> every great. every good thing takes time <laughs> great it was my pleasure thank you very much thank you thank you very much that's all folks find more news streams events and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.